Well, hello! Welcome to this week's episode of The Formula. It's me again, your host, Trevor Carlson. At The Formula, we break down the elements of achievement in world-class performers. This week's guest, Monday Creation CEO and former classmate of mine, Michael Carraway. Michael and I were classmates back at the University of Northern Iowa when we were both starting up our first businesses. Uh, In this episode, we talk morning routines, what his experience has been like being an entrepreneur. We kind of go all over the place, but we have a great conversation. I I actually learned a lot about Michael in this episode and, and a few things about what I could be doing better. So I hope that you also take a few things away from it. And without further ado, let's get this thing started. My name is Michael Carraway, and I own Monday Creations. I started up about four years ago, um, and it was kind of as a result of working at the agency that uh, you had invited me to work with. Um, But yeah, just uh, overall, I live out in Colorado now. We have made the agency completely remote, Um, so I'm living life out here, loving the mountains, and running my business. That's awesome. How how has the move from from living in Iowa to to being a... I'm trying to think of the proper term. Um, is it like a you have like dual citizenship or a multi-location <laughs> business between two states? How has that affected what you've been doing at Monday Creations? Right. I mean, so like legally or tax-wise, it's like dual location at this point. Um, but yeah, so like we're like positioning ourselves as we have a location here. Um, I'm actually in Lone Tree, Colorado, just so that we can actually get uh, a footprint here. Um, so like technically we're still one organization, but I'm running the Lone Tree office and Cody's running the Cedar Falls office. Um, so, uh, but as far as like the operations and stuff like that, like it's all the same. Like we've always been remote. Um, we've always like, we've never really had an office. It's just working out of coffee shops or wherever the heck we want to. Yeah. That's awesome. Do you have a, do you have a favorite coffee shop where you're at or, or you just have like 30 of them that you hit up? Well, I hit 30 a week, but, uh, my favorite one is in actually in my neighborhood. Like it's like a literally like a three minute walk from my place. Uh, it's called Monk and Mongoose. Monk, say that again. Monk and Mongoose. Dude, that's a that's a pretty sweet name. I've never heard of yeah. any coffee shop called that before. What's uh what makes them so special? Uh, definitely like just their approach to like customer service. Like I'll go in, they remember my name, they ask me what I'm up to today. Like it's all about that experience I get, and the coffee's great too, but. Um, that's really what puts it above. Yeah, no, that's very cool, and it's it helps us really close. Recently, we were having a mm-hmm. conversation about uh, morning routines, and you and we both in the last year, it seems like we've both really kind of gotten into more and more uh, morning routines. Sure. Do you want to? What's your morning routine or your daily routine look like right now? Yeah, so I'm I'm always switching it up and always asking people like what they do, just because I'm interested in testing things out. Um, but right now, what stayed consistent is I always get up at 5.30 in the morning uh, just because I'm most productive in the morning. Um, first thing is I let my dog out who's sitting right over here staring at me. Take her for a little walk and then come back inside. And um, when she's eating, I basically pull up my journal. Um, I got the five-minute journal that you had recommended. Um, and do that every morning and then transfer over to uh, more of a... I guess it's self-affirmation exercise uh, where I'll go in and I got this from Grant Cardone, but basically you just write down all of your goals, but in the present tense so that your mind starts to believe it. Um, so like, for example, I want to be a multimillionaire. What I'll write every morning is I am a multimillionaire. 
or I am a successful real estate investor. I own the number one social media agency in the Midwest. Like it'll be all those goals in the present tense. And I have about 15 of those that I write out every morning. And then I go in and in the shower, which is, I don't know if this is uncomfortable or not, but in the shower every morning, I run through those affirmations in my head again, but actually like speak them out loud uh, just to really drive home. I say each of them 10 to 15 times. Uh, So it's really repetitive, but like I've been doing that for about two months now. And like, I've noticed like I just, when I start working in the morning, it's just, I have so much more energy. I have more focus. I realize like what I'm working towards. Um, So that's really helped me out quite a bit. Um, And then some mornings I'll actually meditate for about 15 minutes as well, but that's just kind of random as I feel I need to. Do you have an example of one of your uh, affirmations that you use? I know you said the, the I am a multimillionaire one, but do you have any other, other examples? The other thing would be uh, like I'm confident like in myself. Self-confidence used to be an issue for me like throughout college especially. So I just continue to establish that in my daily routine that I'm confident in myself and my abilities. I talk about how I continually want to stay fit and healthy every morning. I talk about how I want to be the best husband and father I can like in the future. You know, I'm getting married this July. Um, so I know that I want to be committed to Morgan um, and be the best I can be, but also uh, down the road, probably five years or so uh, when I have kids, I know I want to be the best father to them as well. So I always talk about that. So I'm just kind of like priming myself and I don't know if affirmations is like the right, the right word for that, but it's all about just getting that mindset ahead of time. I think it almost seems like you're, you're trying to stay focused on the right things uh, or the things that are important to you. Right. Since I started doing that, like, it's just everything's so much clearer. Like, I understand that, you know, I want to be... Before, it was very confusing for me um, because, like, I was just kind of stuck in my day and didn't really realize where I was going, like, business-wise, life-wise. But starting to do that has actually gave me direction and, like, realized that it's kind of, like, made me re-explore, like, what I'm actually working towards, which gives me much more energy. I think that makes total sense. So why, why, did you, why did you get started doing morning routines? I think a lot of different reasons. I know two, three years ago, I just kind of got in a, a lower place in my life. I, I guess it was probably depression or like a mild form um, to where like, I don't know, I just didn't really get through the day with a lot of energy um, or clarity. I was really like just criticized myself a lot for, you know, not reaching the success that I wanted, all of that. Um, so that kind of pushed me into wanting to explore like, okay, what can I do to actually fix this? Because I just wasn't that happy. Um, and I think the first thing, I mean, I think talking to you kind of, yes, it was you. You had recommended, I think, reading the four hour work week or, and it kind of just like gave me this personal development kick. And, uh, reading the four hour work week kind of gave me a perspective of like, I think the biggest thing was the personal development thing. Like there's ways that you can like become happier. Um, there's ways to improve your things. And like, just because people say that you have to, you know, go through a 40 hour work week or you have to work from different places or whatever, like um, just open my mind to like actually wanting to explore other things. So yeah, that, that kind of sparked it. And then I don't know, I just, just from watching different influencers, talking to new people, uh, just got those recommendations over the over the years that a lot of times if you start your day out um, with the success, with small wins, things like that, then your full day is going to be good. I was thinking about this the other day. I started my personal development 
journey, Jesus, man, like eight years ago. Wow. Yeah. And, and it's like when it started, it was always focused on like, what do I need to be doing better? What do I, where, where are my gaps at that I need to fill? And it almost seems like that as I've gone down that path, it's shifted to where do I need to do better? How, like how much stuff can I fit in my day to how can I fit more of the things that I love doing into my day or spend more time with people I care about? So would you, would you say that you've seen a similar shift in your priorities as well? Or, or how would you kind of describe your growth or transition through um, your own personal development? That's a really good point. And I guess something I've never really thought about before. But I would agree that I think when I was the most unhappy was when I was focused on trying to fill up my day. Uh, because I felt like obligated that I had to be doing stuff that I was like focusing on the weaknesses, you know, but that mind mindset shift of like focusing on what you're good at and developing those, those things you're good at. Um, and also just figuring out what you like, uh, was a huge transformation as well. Moving out to Colorado specifically was kind of a personal development move, I guess. I mean, my fiance and I were just kind of like, we have no reason not to go. So we just did it. I think that we're even happier out here because we're doing the stuff that we like to do. Um, we're like, we just started doing stuff and we, you know, found out we really like the, the outdoors, um, hiking and camping and all that stuff. Like that's what makes us happy. So we're investing more time in that. And I know that's, that's kind of like a little bit shifting off of your question, but, uh, I think that the more that you can focus on the things that you like and being around the people you love doing what you want, uh, the happier you'll be. I see this, so I've seen this trend, and I mean, I've definitely been one of the people that has fallen into it before where, where you know, you feel like that you need to put in all these hours and work, I don't know, basically live to work because of some greater purpose behind the business or project that you're working on. Uh, and I, I see a lot of people taking a lot of pride in that. And, you know, for, from my perspective, I'm always like, man, there's so much more to life than just work. It sounds like when you made that shift, it almost allowed you to kind of open up the possibilities of what, what you could or wanted to do. I think it does. Putting in the work, and this is like so stereotypical here, but like putting in the work, like you need to, as like an entrepreneur, like you need to put in more effort, not necessarily hours, but more effort than a lot of people. Don't get me wrong. Like I still, there's days where I'll put in 15 hour days and, or there's days that I'll put in five hours a day. But like when you have that, that greater purpose of things you like to do, you just make time for it. I still think like just because you're in entrepreneurship or whatever, doesn't mean you're going to work a ton of hours. Doesn't mean you're going to make work like zero hours. I don't think there's like the perfect amount. Um, it's just like, are you actually fitting in your day? Like what you want to do? And I, I don't know. I, what do you think of that? Like, what's your thought? I mean, if you're an entrepreneur <laughs> or you're doing your own thing, like I feel like you almost have more responsibility than somebody that, you know, that's maybe an hourly worker or salary worker, because like if you don't show up and do your job as a business owner, unless you have a big enough team around you or enough systems in place, like the business isn't going to exist anymore. So, right. I mean, even recently with, with this new podcast that I started and the online courses that I launched, I've been putting in a lot more hours than I was beforehand. Uh, that's just a lot of that's just like a transitional thing. And I'm working on figuring out what are the types of things that I can take off of my plate that I can have somebody else do? How can I make it so I can rebalance um, between work and the rest of life? I think it's kind of like a it's almost like a, in the one thing they talk about how it's work life balance isn't 
a even scale. It's a kind of yeah. a teeter totter that goes back and forth over time, but you can't neglect either one for very long. Have a personal life at some point in time. It doesn't mean you need to go out every night and hang out with your friends. It just means that you shouldn't neglect that um, that part of your life. And I just think like it's all personal like opinion and perspective too. Like we both probably I, I assume you love what you do and I know I love what I do. So it's much easier and like you enjoy your work when you're actually doing it. So it's it's easier to put in those 15 hour days or whatever. I don't even know how to necessarily explain it, but it's like no matter what you do, there's going to be parts of it that you don't like to do. Um, but it's mm-hmm. really just figuring out like like what those things are that you can put up with not liking to do. Uh, right. what, what makes it worth worth it to do those things? Doing your own thing isn't for everybody. I wouldn't recommend it for everybody. I think that's something that changed from the past, but there's a lot of stuff that's that you have to put up with that's different than if you just if you're a salary or a I have a regular job and you know, it's the choices we make. So, so what are those like do two and two, like what are two positives, like two pluses of you being an entrepreneur and two negatives? Like what are the downfalls? I would say the positives, the two positives of being an entrepreneur are one, uh, when I have spent my day the way I want to spend my day and I get to the end of the day, I just feel like I'm on like cloud nine. Like I'm very happy. I feel very fulfilled. I get to earlier today, so it's the second one would be earlier today, I was meeting with my uh, new remote worker. Uh, she thinks completely different about things than I do. Uh, so I'm like, all right, well, this is actually a really good thing because now I can have her do all the stuff that I don't like to do. And I'm sure that she's probably going <laughs> to enjoy it and be better at it than I am. So it's mm-hmm. like being able to choo- make a choice on, am I going to hire someone for this uh, to take this off my plate. So it's like one, the enjoyment level of a good day uh, of being able to do what you want. And two is making decisions on the type of things that you're you're going to spend your time on during the day. That's something that I, I learned from, uh, you know, reading The One Thing by Jay Papasan and uh, Gary Keller. My friend Peter Awood recommended that. But so those would be the two things. The two two negatives uh, one would be the financial volatility. Anybody who has uh, been an entrepreneur that's uh, you know started from the ground up can relate to that. The second would be t- uh, time-wise. There have been times where like I just want to go to bed, <laughs> or I like, or like I want to go do something else. But I am the only person that can do this thing, and I have to do it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have this level of responsibility where it's like not the thing that you want to do, but you have to do it. So sometimes you don't have a choice. Yeah. Um, so financial volatility, financial volatility, and lack of dis- lack of um, choice on how you spend your time on occasion. Right. So okay. what, what about you? Cool. What would your two positives and two negatives be? So positives definitely number one would be just control control on my time, my financial well being. Um, and what I do, I think the the biggest reason that I went into entrepreneurship was that I tried working for a few different people and it just didn't pan out because I didn't have full control over that, whether that's, that could be a bad thing too, but that's a positive for me. Second one would just be, it's kind of under the same, the same, uh, category of control, but it's just the, the opportunity to do whatever the heck I want. Like if I have a business idea, uh, I can go and do it. Or, uh, I I don't know. It just, that excites me, uh, not knowing that I'm going to 
or just knowing that I'm not going to be at the same job and be doing the same thing every day or every year. The downfalls, definitely the financial. Everybody goes through it. Most people go through it, I should say, uh, where you just, especially when you're starting out, um, you don't have a very good uh, a base, especially when you started young like we did. Yeah. Um, so you're working from literally nothing. And the second downfall, and this is, this is also because I started in college, was that I've kind of had, or Cody and I have had to pretty much recreate the wheel on everything that we've done as far as processes and services within our, our organization. Mm-hmm. Um, because we didn't work at a larger social media agency or advertising agency, we didn't get the opportunity to see how like the internal uh, operations went and how they positioned different services, how they sold their services, all of that. And I think that that would have been extremely valuable. And this is like, just like a, I don't know. I don't know if it's a, if it's a downfall or not, but it just, it's, it would have been very nice to actually have that experience when you're starting um, just to see how things are done rather than just re- recreating the wheel every time. So that, that's just, that's just the reality of like, if you're an entrepreneur, you're going to have to go through some of that. Um, but that's maybe something I could have like tried to invest more time in, in my college years. It's like a uh, double-edged sword almost. So when you're talking about the, the learning from like a larger organization, because if you go there, yeah. you know, you can learn the ins and outs of how they do some of their stuff better, but then also, you know, there's going to be a lot of, a lot of stuff that, you know, they don't like just a lot of probably bad habits, stuff they don't do well, stuff that right. you know, the way a big organization does things that if you're a small organization, you're kind of going to be screwed if you, if you take True. as long as they do on some of those things. That's a good um, point. What advice would you give to those that say they're a college student and they're, they're thinking of starting their own business now? What advice would you give to them? I think you just have to make the decision to do it. When we were in college, we, you know, we said we were just going to do it. We, we didn't really know how to make websites or do social media, but if you make the commitment to actually do it and you start doing things towards accomplishing, like getting business and stuff like that, like you naturally just have to learn along the way. Uh, so I think the biggest thing you can do is just to start um, and make that commitment to yourself. Yeah, I, I think that's the biggest thing, man. I think the hardest part is committing to one thing when you are when you want to start out as an entrepreneur because I, I don't know, maybe you can speak to this a little bit, but when I was younger, I definitely wanted to like try as many things as I could and occasionally I had a hard time keeping my eye on, eye on uh, one prize at a time uh, and I'd be like, right. well, I want to do this and I want to do this and I want to do this. Uh, Really, I think it was just me trying to figure out what I actually liked and didn't like. And I'm happy with, mm-hmm. with the direction it took me, but I forgot what my actual question was. <laughs> but I think, that is, I think that's some good advice. You know, you talked, about, you talked a little bit about struggling early on, like when you guys were getting off the ground. Um, you talked about um, struggling with depression, which I think that's something that is much more common than most people even realize. Uh, so if somebody came up to you today or like bought you a cup of coffee and they sat down with you and they're like, all right, Michael, here's the deal. I started this thing. I'm struggling either with the business or I'm struggling like personally with depression. You're somebody I trust. How, how do I, what do I do? How do I turn this around? What's your advice for me? I think that, and this is just based off of what worked for me. And that was, you have to focus on, on the positive and you have to turn your self-limiting beliefs into empowering beliefs. 
Um, and that's it's kind of generic, but I just always used to be looking at like the the bad things um, that were going on around me, the struggles that I was facing, my short my shortcomings, uh, my past. You just have to you have to focus on the positive, man, and you have to be excited. You have to find that. I think I think that that might be something that's even more valuable is you have to find that one thing that you can look forward to every day uh, because that's that's what can be like your guiding light I guess um, and that's what kind of happened when I when I really took ownership in Monday creations was I, f- I found that thing that I felt really comfortable with and really excited about um, so that kind of got me through it so a bunch of things there like focus on the positive it's like don't don't go into your uh, for example, self-limiting beliefs. I have con- consistently always said uh, that I'm not a salesman and I can't make sales, and like that's always been a, a shortfall, right? But I just kind of flipped that mentality. I was like, I can, I can do this. I can, I can make sales in in a, like a genuine way, um, and sales start coming faster. Like it, and you're you're not down on yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can flip that that switch. Just like turn those negative thoughts into positive thoughts. Yeah. Dude, you know, you know what I found to be really helpful is, uh, I mean, I, I think I've always been okay at it, but I recently took an improv class and really? yeah, that made a huge, huge difference. Cause it's, you know, the, the yes end, it's uh, never, never ending something. It's like, Hey, remember that time we, you know, went kayaking down the river? Yeah. And then, uh, you know, you fell out and lost all your stuff. Yeah. And then we had to swim around and and look for everything for hours and, you know, like just continually continuing the narrative versus being like, yes, but, or no, or, or just being like, yeah, I don't really know what to say. I'm sure they have improv classes around there. <laughs> Heck yeah, man. I'm going to have to try that. Sounds exciting. I want to ask, uh, I have a few, a few fun questions for you just to learn. Uh, so the listeners can learn a little bit more, you know, about mm-hmm. you and maybe you get some get some advice for whatever, whatever it is that they're working on or struggling with. What is, what would you say your favorite or most helpful book has been? Okay, man, there's so many good ones. I think the most helpful though, just from an empowering standpoint would be the four hour work week. There's a ton of, there's a bunch of bullshit in there. So like (laughs) you got to take some of it, the grain of salt, but I think just the mentality that it gives you of, you know, you don't have to do it how it's written out to do. You don't have to go and work eight hours. You don't have to, you know, trade time for money. I think that was a big one for me. Um, and then I'll, I'll second that with uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. That was one of the, the first books that I ever read. And um, this is something not a lot of people know about me, but like my end game um, is I really want to get heavily involved in real estate investing. I think that's how I'm going to be really reach like the levels that I want to reach. And uh, that opened my eyes to the power of real estate investing, but also really showed me how money works and how money can work for you. Mm-hmm. Both those books are pretty solid, and they'd probably be recommended by a few other people as well. Before our work week is oh, just yeah. like, a, yeah, that was that was one of my earliest ones I read, and I should go back and reread that. That's probably that'd probably be a good one to to touch base back on again. What would you say is the uh, most important lesson that you're uh, you learned from your parents? That's a really good question. I think that my parents uh, each had different messages, and I, I have divorced parents. Um, so I'd say that I learned two different things, one from each parent, um, set of parents. On my dad's side, I think the most valuable thing, and it wasn't ever like a, they weren't ever telling me this, they just empowered me to do it. I was really horrible at making decisions. 
And I would always have to ask a million questions before I went and actually did something. Whenever I would like ask them a million questions, they would just be super brief and I would have to figure out stuff myself. Um, so that kind of led me to do what I'm able to do today, uh, where like there is not much direction. Uh, so I think that's the most valuable there. My mom's side, I think the most important thing was the importance of family um, and that not everything is about work and not everything is not everything needs to be part of a professional side of it, you know. So I really enjoy the family time and uh, making sure I have time for relationships and stuff like that. When it came to the decision-making side of things, how did you get better at making decisions versus kind of trying to get all the information? I was forced to. <laughs> um, I mean, like, just from, like, my childhood, you know, I had to go figure out how to, like, do the things that I didn't know how to do. Um, but in business, like, you're just, like, you know it just as well as me. You don't have a clear-cut answer. And sure, you can Google shit, but half the time that's <laughs> not, that doesn't do anything. So you just have to, you I have think, to get over the the fear of, like, failing and the fear of, like, doing it wrong. Um, because I do shit wrong all the time. Like, 90% of the time, I don't do it right. Uh, but it's that 10% that really pays off, you know? I mean, anybody who tells you that they're an expert or, or knows what the hell they're doing, uh, you know, <laughs> the only reason they got to that point, if they are an expert, I think is because they sucked for long enough or tried enough that they got to be yep. good at it. I wish they would teach that in school, that you have to suck for a really long time before you get to be <laughs> any good at it. I was just always told, for sure. I was always told, hey, you know what? You are good at sports, so you're going to start, and that's it. Everyone else on the bench is like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> right. You know? Well, that, that's, that's part of a bigger discussion, man. But, like, I, I think that's a, a huge shortcoming. Here we go. Soapbox here. Uh, that's a huge shortcoming of, like, society in general is that, you, you know, you, you think that you have to do things a certain way, number one, but there's, like, one definition of success, Whereas, like, you know, in school, um, if you don't get A's or if you don't pass a test, it's a horrible thing, right? Or if a teacher's asking a question, there's, like, literally one answer or everything else is wrong. Like, that's just not how life works. Uh, so I think if there's one message that we want to push across right now, it's that, like, quit thinking that there's one answer to everything. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is a wrap. If you would be so kind, you will find a link down in the show notes. Uh, that link is going to take you over to iTunes where, if you'd like to, you can give us a five-star review. Now, giving us a five-star review helps us to rise up in the ranks on iTunes and for people like you to be able to find our show. Uh, also, if you have any ideas for anyone you would like to hear us interview, please feel free to shoot me an email, trevor at helixacademy.co. Or jump over to the Twitter sphere where you can shoot us a little message at Helix Academy CEO. Thanks again for tuning in this week, and I look forward to seeing you or having you tune in to listen next week. Thanks, everybody.